0: When Stephen was in grade two, he spent part of the year living in Canada and part of the year in England. And he compared
1: the two countries in his journal. England is better than Canada. England invented Canada. They were so nice, though, that they let France have Quebec.
0: That's Stephen reading from the journal he kept in grade two. And this is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. I'm Dan Meisner. This is a show where we invite courageous adults to share their childhood and teenage diaries, poetry, letters from camp, short stories, and other weird and wonderful things their young minds came up with. This time, recorded in front of a live audience at Fog Lounge in Windsor, Ontario, we have stories about breaking up, getting fired, and dissing your home country. Sometimes the best way to figure out who we are is to reflect on who we used to be. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. A minute ago, we heard from Stephen, who spent much of his childhood bouncing back and forth between England and Canada. So, as a kid, he had an English accent, which didn't always go over well with his Canadian classmates. Here's Stephen, reading a bit more from the journal he wrote to his grade two teacher.
1: People tell me how to speak words, and they are wrong. Most people in Canada can't afford to go to England. England is so cool, I love my gran. We live in a cool house when we were there. It is connected to other houses, and a train drives right behind it. My gran... (laughs) My gran and me listen to the BBC. BBC is like CBC, but better. We listen to fun shows, not the news, in the kitchen. The washing machine is in the kitchen. You can watch the clothes go all around as you eat toast. <laughs> and this is an embarrassing line here. If Canada do not speak English right, England could take it away. I do not want to speak French. <laughs> Liverpool is the city where we go. And my, my teacher writes back to this again. Stephen, England sounds interesting. I like living in Canada. And I wrote back, good for you.
0: Growing up is a series of firsts. First day of school, first kiss, first love... And often these moments stand out not just because they're firsts, but because at the time, they're onlys. When you don't have any frame of reference, your first anything is the most intense version of that thing that you have ever felt. For instance, take our next reader, Carly, who read a poem about her first and, at the time, only breakup.
3: This is uh, this is a poem I wrote after my first breakup, and at first I was really hurt, and then I was devastated, and then I was angry, and then I got really angry, <laughs> and I wrote this poem. It goes from A to Z. Oh, so, A is for always acquiring my agitation, anger, and abuse. B is for beware, be warned before I end this bitter ruse. C is for the chaos you've created and the coldness in your eyes. D is your dictatorship, my despair, and our demise. <laughs> E is the emphasis of embitterment embedded in my life. F is the fear I feel and your frozen words that cut like a knife. G is for grim grievances and the grisly grudges I now hold. H is for the happy times, replaced with havoc and heartless cold. (laughs) I is for ingrate, irritating, inverse, irate, and irk. J is for joyless, joke, and most importantly, jerk. (laughs) K is for killer, killing, killjoy, and your knack for knavery. L is for loathing loser and your lack of liberality. M is for miffed, middling, mindless, and microscopic masculinity. <laughs> N is for non-essential and non-existent, which is now you and me. Ode is for ode to obstruction, obstinate, and your oddity. P is for paranoia and passionless, and your pathetic pleas. Q is for our quarreling and the queasiness you make me feel. R is for regret, regress, and ripe wounds. That may never heal. S is for your sarcasm, satire, and second rate seduction. <laughs> T is for turmoil and travesty and trustworthy reduction. U is for ugly, ugliness, ungodly, and unfair. V is for vendetta and our vindictive affair. W is for wickedness, wretched, and weak. X marks the spot, a spot of which I cannot speak. Y is for yes man, a man of whom you yearn to be. Z is for zero, which is what you are to me.
0: (laughs) Carly's alphabet breakup poem wasn't the only thing she brought to our Windsor show. She also read a letter written to her future self when she was 13. One more time, here's Carly.
3: When I was 13, I was very ambitious. So, dear Carly... I want to become an actress or marine biologist and write novels on the side. Don't mess up your career. I don't want to be 30 and poor, hungry, tired, uncleansed, unhealthy, and ugly. (laughs) My dream for you is to attend a university in the Florida areas. Control yourself at parties. Don't get an unwanted reputation and disgrace your home country. Work your hardest and seek opportunities to possibly start an acting career. Refrain from too much sarcasm and don't feel the need to go with the flow. Don't freak out about fitting in. That's never been a problem for you. (laughs) You have always drawn tons of attention to yourself. Keep that wild temper under control. Look through your books and boxes of elementary and even high school memories. Always remember what was. Have an open mind about what will be. I basically wanted to say that you only live once, so make a marvelous use of that time. You don't have to listen to some little kid, because knowing me, you probably won't complete or achieve anything I ask of you. That's okay. I know that you will make me proud.
0: A lot of kids have part-time jobs growing up. I had a paper route. I worked at the movie theater, that kind of thing. And a part-time job can certainly put money in your pocket, but it can also teach you some pretty important life lessons. When our next reader, Shannon, was 19, he got a job at a car rental place. And at our Windsor show, he read a journal entry about getting fired from that job. Now, a quick heads up, Shannon's journal does include some cuss words, which we do not bleep. Okay, here's Shannon, reading about the first time he got fired.
4: say the first time, many times, (laughs) first time of me. August 9th, 1996. You live and you learn. Today, I mean, like twenty minutes ago, <laughs> I was fired. The key is to never let anyone get to you. You let them compromise your position to cheap threats. Three one three nine two three zero. I'm calling to apologize because I let this man get to me and I said some things that were out of order. It's dialing now. Okay, that's done. Sometimes you have to tie up loose ends. <laughs> It went down like this. All Avis employees at Metro Airport meet in the break room before actually going to work. We're in the break room and I'm reading a magazine. The manager comes in, runs through the things to do for the day. And I pay attention, but I still thumb through the magazine (laughs) looking at the pictures. (laughs) He's done, we all, manager included, talk a bit. He says, okay, as in okay, let's get to work. Everyone stays sitting down. He says it again, again, and again, and one more time. (laughs) then I don't know why he calls me out. Shannon, let's go. I look around at everyone else and reply, there's other people sitting around. He says, you're the only one on the 90 days. Oh. Yeah, I'm the only one leaving to go to Michigan State Monday too. He sits and thinks about it. You can leave today. (laughs) No, I I think I'll leave Monday. (laughs) (laughs) No, you leave today. You don't have a choice. No, I think I'll stay to Monday. (laughs) He demands it. I leave that day. Today and he says he'll punch me out if I don't do it. (laughs) Now everyone leaves the break room for work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the last one through the door. I go to the manager's office and attempt to find out why all the hostility towards me. I see I'm getting nowhere, so I just leave. (laughs) Leaving... The other employees call me over and say what happened. I tell them basically nothing. The manager walks over, a chubby guy, not fat, but it, his stomach area makes him look chubby. Bald, in around 30, 35. That's younger than me now. <laughs> The other employees say he's gonna ask you to leave. i wait while he walks over and he looks at everyone. What's up, get to work. The managers there are weak, nobody really takes charge so they're disrespected from time to time. That's how he says get to work. Like, please guys, can you go to work? (laughs) 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 He caught glimpses of me In his eye, too, I said, don't come over here trying to stare me down, motherfucker. I'm off work now. He says nothing. Yeah, I'm off work now, motherfucker. My fists tighten, and I get that jitter like there's a rage in it. I say, I can tell I can whoop your ass. Boy, I beat the shit out of you. I don't even talk like that. But he looks as if he knows it's true, but he stands his ground. I walk away and I wave bye to the other employees. I call and I had to apologize because I shouldn't have let him get to me. And I didn't have to do all that. I should have just gotten up and went to work like he asked. I could have worked till Monday. (laughs) I lost money and my cool when I think about it. You live and you learn.
0: After the show, Shannon called in to explain why it's important for him to hold on to things from his past.
4: I mean, I have old assignments that I've done. I have old journal writings, old, you know, all my Boy Scout badges. And it just reminds you where you've been and who you are. And as you go along, maybe even... um, your your kids or your grandkids can look back on those things and know who you are as well. So I, I I'm I'm big on on keeping stuff, you know. Keep things for your past. <laughs>
0: You should know that Shannon has his own podcast, and it is excellent. It's called Shannon Kaysen's Homemade Stories. It's from WBEZ, and it is one of my favorites. You should check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Shannon Kaysen's Homemade Stories. You're welcome.
5: Okay, so we're standing outside of fog right now, and I'm Jill, and I just read at the Grown Ups Read Things they wrote as kids, and it was a lot of fun.
0: So for people who have not yet heard what you read tonight, what's kind of the backstory that we need to know in order to understand these journal entries?
5: Okay, um, when I was in like the second grade that summer, I found out I had cancer, and the whole thing about my journal is just entries that were made when I was finding that out and what surrounded that whole situation for me. Thank you. July 24th, 2002. Dear Journal, one day I had a fever and I had not been feeling like myself. So I went to see Dr. Armour and he took my blood pressure, checked my ears, checked my mouth, listened to my heart with a stethoscope and he was very gentle. He asked me lots of questions. He just asked me how I felt. And I said, not like myself. He said, well, who do you feel like? (laughs) And I said, nobody, just like lazy. (laughs) He sent me to the hospital the next day to get blood tests done. The nurses took my blood a lot, like five times, I think. We stayed overnight in the hospital. The next day, I got breakfast in bed, frosted flakes, and a fruit cup. And milk. (laughs) Children's Hospital, London, in room 7192. My nurses are Karen, Kim, and Jennifer. My doctors are Shamir, but I call him Shaggy. (laughs) I love to call him Shaggy, and he owes me $15 because I beat him in bingo three times, and he promised me $5 every game he lost to me. (laughs) The other doctors are Dr. Leaker, Tara, and Rob. Dr. Leaker is a blood doctor. After I rested and ate, I felt much better. Mom painted my toenails one foot purple and one foot pink. Then I watched Alice in Wonderland, painted my horse mask, and then w- <laughs> and then I watch Snow Dogs. Um, um, Dad bought me a hot dog, but I didn't eat it. Maybe tomorrow, if I feel good, I can go down to the big kids' room. They have computers, air hockey, and a piano. And bigger kid games for people my age. Today I had a few Starbursts, and the nurses took my blood pressure twice. Now I'm getting tired during Snow Dogs again, but I didn't want to shut it off. Uh, this is the horse mask I drew. (laughs) Okay, this part's written in yellow. (laughs) There were lots of doctors that came into my room to see me today. One of them asked me, I hear somebody owes you $15. It was actually 20 because I beat him again at bingo, shaggy. Me and dad are playing the game called frustration. It's the same as trouble and dad won't let me cheat. (laughs) Okay, so this morning at 11, I went into the room to have some bone marrow taken out and they put drugs into my IV so I would go to sleep. I went to sleep, but my eyes stayed open. A bit later, I went back to my room. Dad put me in my bed, I saw double everything. I sat up in bed and apparently I made fishy faces, but I don't remember that. After I woke up, I felt pretty sleepy, but my back did not really hurt. Dad and Mom talked to Dr. Leaker. He told them I have leukemia, this is cancer, and I will need medicine to get better, but I can go home in about ten days. Yay!
0: (laughs) Jill, ladies and gentlemen. What do you remember feeling back then?
5: More scared than sad about things, just because a lot of it was just so un known to me of what was going to happen tomorrow or was I having surgeries or whatever and like what my medications would do in my face and my hair and whatever and now it's just kind of like there's some funny pictures I guess.
0: <laughs> if you could jump in the time machine and talk to the version of you that wrote these what would you want to say to her?
5: Now I think I would just say the same things as I was feeling that I'd be like continue to just let it go by let things happen and eventually it works out i guess not that everything does but you know you're still alive at the end of it so i'm pretty i i know knowing that i'm still here that she'll be okay so i'm just gonna be like here i am i'm okay this is you
0: Some kids are optimists by nature. They're predisposed to look on the bright side and focus on what's good in life. Other kids, not so much. Here's Brian, reading from his grade two school journal.
6: Wednesday, January 18th. I brought my puppet and Joey wanted to play with it. He couldn't. <laughs> the next day, I brought my puppet and Chris called it a poop
2: and
6: But I didn't like it. And Joey didn't like it at all. January 30th, my brother got snow in his boot and he did not like it. And you know who did it? Joey did it. (laughs) Thursday, February 2nd, 1984. I got all snowed up and I did not like it, one bit. After that, I hurt myself. Uh, When I was little, I cracked my head open in 1978. I don't think I liked it, and I did not have fun.
0: (laughs) When Melissa was in third grade, she had to write a speech for school. Now, she was allowed to choose any topic, so she picked music. Now, Melissa says she does not remember writing this speech, but she does have a copy of it. So more than three decades after first writing it, Melissa got on stage in Windsor to deliver that speech one more time for a slightly older audience.
7: Dear teachers and fellow classmates, music is wonderful and probably the best known sound in the world. There is music in all of us millions of songs have won gold medals and will probably do the same from now on (laughs) since music is so wonderful and beautiful they probably celebrate the first day that music was invented but maybe not there are many kinds of music for instance if you broke music into parts you would get songs lullabies and tunes A song is a lot of little music notes hung on a long piece of thread and a little piece of paper with the words to the song written on it. All you have to do now is sing the song and play the music on the proper instruments chosen for that song. (laughs) Instruments are very important for music. They are almost the whole point in having it. (laughs) Not the whole point, but part of it. The point I'm trying to make is that the instruments (laughs) do an important part of the job of music. Music does have a job, you know. Now, I'll name some of the different music that most of you never think of. Here they are for you. The singing of the birds. (laughs) The purring of a cat the rattling of a chain, the running of a deer or fawn, and the roaring of a well-working car. I have not mentioned all of them. There are many more, but those are some of them. Not all people like music. (laughs) Most of you know that already, but some of you don't. Maybe someone somewhere will be dancing around merrily singing a song while someone is looking out of their window saying, music is getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> People probably like music because it clings to your ears when you hear it. <laughs> and because it's good to hear. Well, you may go and read some books or something like that, and I may not have all the information, but I tried. <laughs> I hope I had the information you wanted and expected. Well, dot, 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 I hope you enjoyed and will always remember this speech. Thank you for listening.
0: I don't know if we have the technical capacity to do this, but if somebody can transcribe that, go to Wikipedia, and just replace whatever the Wikipedia entry for music is with that speech, I think we would have made a real contribution to the world. That is grownups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Our show was recorded live at Fog Lounge in Windsor, Ontario, and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear we have a bunch of live shows coming up including Halifax, Charlottetown and St. John's plus a bunch more we have not yet announced I would love to hear the things you wrote when you were a kid to find out more about our upcoming shows join the email newsletter you can do that at grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com or look at your device we put a link right there in the show notes I'm Dan Meisner thanks for listening